Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Bros Podcast. This is Pete. And this is Derek. And this is a very special episode because we're going to talk about the year 2022. Isn't that right, Derek? Yeah, but I think all of our episodes are special. But I think all of them are special, <laughs> you don't. But this is, we're, we're talking about a lot of big games over the course of an entire year. We're, we're looking at years here, years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not just weeks. <laughs> Um, so for those listening, we, you can actually check out our YouTube channel and you can see, uh, both Derek's and mine, we have a top 10 video, uh, where we each talk about our top 10 games from 2022. Um, so this is kind of our, our post discussion about it. And also we're going to be reviewing kind of Switch, Nintendo and Switch's year and maybe comparing it to some of their previous years as well. Um... So, Derek, why don't we start us off? Why don't you um, just tell us your overall, before we jump into the the reading list again, what's your overall feeling from 2022, game-wise? Yeah, I thought, um, it's kind of funny. I found 2022, the first part of it, really, really strong. I didn't find very many of the holiday games uh, to kind of jump out to me and make make my game of the year list, Mm -hmm. um, or at least not very high. I found some of the indies pretty good, um, but yeah, I really think that first maybe four or so months were, were were really strong. Yeah, it's funny when I look back on the full year, um, most of my games are from the end of the year, um, and then I, I look I, at mine too, list. actually. Yeah, but I mean, well, you, I mean, you have a few must, more than yeah. I do at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, that my highest, some of my highest are from the beginning, but. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't find there. I didn't have a really big. Usually, I I kind of go in with you know the holiday game is usually going to be really high, and I guess you know spoilers, but God of War I uh, is high for me, but I still didn't feel like it was. I, I don't know if it was just me, but I didn't feel like there was that big holiday game in my mind. Uh, maybe that's just because you know I got Bayonetta three late, and and Nintendo didn't really have anything else big for in my mind. I, I didn't you know Splatoon didn't feel like that to me, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I found the first half just felt way more monumental well you know it's, it's interesting um this year because i i kind of look at it like i mean putting elden ring aside for a second because elden ring is obviously a behemoth it sucked a lot of the air out of the room i always use that phrase i know um but everything else that came out this year really felt like there was a lot of really really good games even great but there wasn't you're right there wasn't really a lot of mega hit hitters you know what i mean like um mm-hmm. other years you look back on there's usually that big Every, you know, there's a few big holiday games. And this year, I think we really felt with, you know, Sony not really bringing a PS5 exclusive for the holiday. Xbox God, having God. nothing. Uh, no, I, but that's PS4 as well. I meant PS5, next oh, gen, yeah. pushing the next boundary exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't think God, God, God of War is. Um, and, you know, Nintendo, like you said, didn't really... They brought a lot of sequels that were well-received, but they didn't really bring their big... 3D Mario, big 3D Zelda, big 3D Metroid, big, you know, heavy hitting, all eyes on this holiday Critically title. Acclaimed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, th- but then again, I'm going to say that in th- all of the games that Nintendo released that were their, their heavier games are all very, very, none were really like extremely disappointing. You know, Bayonetta, Splatoon, Kirby, uh, they're all, Xenoblade as well, from what I hear, uh, were all like really solid uh, hits, you know? Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I, I totally agree. I also feel the same more or less about uh, Sony. You know, they had God of War, and I know Horizon didn't come out uh, at the end of the year, but it was big too. Mm-hmm. Um, even Gran Turismo. Stray in the summer was bi- Gran Turismo. Stray in the summer was pretty uh, well received. And then, you know, you have Xbox that released, they released uh, nothing. They re- well, here's, released- here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's w- w- for this, I, I, are we thinking in terms of exclusives? Are we thinking in the kind of overall ecosystem? Because, yes, I agree that Microsoft as a publisher had a pretty weak year. Uh, potentially, like, one of the worst years I've ever seen a publisher have. Um, but they also... Um, I can't lie that that's where I played Elden Ring. And that's where I played a lot of these next-gen games. And Vampire Survivors and Tinykins was on there. So, and like, they I, had yeah, they had some great games. I mean, Elden Ring wasn't on Game Pass, but you're right. They had some great games on Game Pass this year. And, you know, as we get into this 2023 year, I think this, you know, knock on wood, will be a big year for Xbox because they have a lot of these things boiling. So hopefully they finally come to fruition in the next 12 months. Absolutely. Um, but just, but just looking back on, um, 2022, 
Um, what would you give it out of 10? Ooh, um, I'd probably give it like an 8.7. Okay, I, I didn't go down to the 0.1 scale. I, I put 8.5. 8.5. 8.5, yeah. I put 8.5 overall, and I also put, as for Nintendo Switch, 8.5. Um, but I also, I wanted to ask you, now imagine the year 2022 without Elden I, Ring. Now, what score you know, do you I, give it? I, I'd give Nintendo a 7.5. And without Elden Ring, I'd give the year a 7.5. Oh, really? Okay. Because without Elden Ring, I'd probably give the year a 7, maybe a 6.5. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was 7 or 7.5. I really feel like the strength of the year uh, is dependent on having one of those big groundbreaking titles. And I think the only one this from this whole year that I can really give that claim to is Elden Ring. But in all fairness, like, I know, uh, you know... To a lot of people, God of War and Horizon are big, and a lot of people they they don't feel like they stood to Elden Ring, but those are big games. So I know you didn't play them, but even with Elden Ring, you got a, a year with God of War, Horizon, a Bayonetta three, a good Call of Duty. Um, you got some um, really interesting indie games coming out. You got a new Splatoon sequel. So I know there's a lot of sequels, but you know, I wouldn't give this year a six point five. Like I definitely give it at least a seven. Um, maybe. I mean, um, I just, I guess it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Just it's, an opinion. It's, it's hard to um, parse through like what the overall feeling is and also my own personal feelings, right? Because for me, I just, I don't think God of War Ragnarok, uh, I mean, I haven't played it, but it's just, it looks a lot like the first one. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's really breaking any new grounds. Um, and, you know, so I yeah, don't like, see it like as that- a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I don't think it's a 10 out of 10, and, you know, I don't think God of War is anywhere near as awesome as Elden Ring is, but, you know, God of War is my number two for the year, so if I took out Elden Ring, was that, would I have been disappointed with this year? No. Would I have found it pretty good? Yeah, I think I still had pretty games that I was pretty hyped for that had a lot of uh, discussion that were well made. Um, it wasn't like, you know, it's, there's been years where it just felt like no good games had come out at all. Interesting. Okay. Um, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I think overall it was a, a really strong year across the board. Um, yeah. Well, Derek, why don't you why don't you tell us your top ten list here? I'm looking at it. Why don't you yeah. Read it? So uh, I'll just go from from number one down. Uh, so we got Elden Ring, God yeah. of War, uh, Horizon Two, Forbidden West, Bayonetta Three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, which is a big surprise for me to even have that on the list. Uh, Vampire Survivors. 13 Sentinels, and I know that game came out, I think, last year, but I, I got on the Switch, so I, I put it on, because that came out this year. Uh, Immortality, Splatoon 3, and Tiny Kin. Nice. <clears throat> um, yeah, so my list uh, is number one, Elden Ring, then Splatoon 3, then Bayonetta 3, then Kirby and the Forgotten Land, then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, Sonic Frontiers, Vampire Survivor, Tiny Kin, Wordle, Somerville, and then number 11 I added was Immortality. Um, yeah, I don't think Wordle should count, but yeah. To be honest, I thought Wordle did come out this year, so yeah. m- my mistake. Um, it's been around for a few years. It just only became popular this year, yeah. But it's like it became so popular this year, you almost should be able to count it. Yeah, it just it was it was interesting to have a game that really kind of transcended me- medium the medium. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like the same word for everyone. You could talk to people without even having the game in front of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just having having a group of people. Uh, even, you know, like, mom in there playing this game every day. And obviously it's died down. Like, she doesn't play anymore. But for a while, it was kind of a craze, you know? Yeah. yeah um, so exactly. I got to give it some credit for that as, like, the mobile kind of game sensation of the year. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the kind of Candy Crush wave, right? It's like one of those games that isn't that awesome, but somehow it just swept the nation. Yeah, totally. Um, I thought it was interesting how you didn't end up putting... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge on your list at all. I thought that was kind yeah, of so my, surprising. I, I had written it down as like number 14. It was competing with Splatoon, Tinykins, that, and Triangle Strategy for the top, for 9 and 10 spot. Okay. And honestly, like, I, I only played that game maybe three times. I played it with you with when they played it that first time. I played it once with my buddies in person. And it's like, I just, I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had a group that, like, wanted to keep playing it. But I just kind of... Played it a couple times and just never played it again. Well, it's almost like... I mean, that's almost the curse of the beat-em-up genre, right? There's just really not a lot of depth, especially once you beat the game. 
Um, but I think I guess I guess I appreciate it more in the sense that I feel like years down the road in my life, I'll pick it up for another playthrough. And just how well done it was in that sense and how easy it'll be to pick up and play forever. Uh, it feels like a time mm-hmm. timeless in a way where I don't need to have... I, yeah, clearly I, I almost probably played it the same as you. But it's been fun. It's been an easy game to pick up and play with friends. And I just feel like they they did such a good job of taking the Turtles in Time um, beat-em-up mold and, like, bringing it back with really awesome music and good, uh, you know, bosses and, and throwbacks. Um, I mean, it's got a Wu-Tang song in it. In it. Like, it's, it's, it is kind of awesome. You it, know what I mean? It's a very... Uh, I totally agree. It's a very well-made game. I just, like, as far as a good game goes, it's very, very high. I just for me I didn't I didn't play it enough to get out of like get much out of it and I I agree with you kind of how you, you know you said it's timeless and you'll always go back to it that's how I feel about about Splatoon three like you know when I talked about it in our our top ten video I, I even said like Splatoon doesn't I don't love Splatoon like the way you do like, I saw I, really I read like your it. I read your breakdown on um, Reset Era oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah so I I, re- I really like it I just um, I don't love it. So it's one, but it's one of those games where I like love I it. know I'm, I know I'm gonna like it every time I play it, and I know I'm gonna be playing it for quite a while. So it's kind of like, do I, I do I put the the long lasting like appeal higher than you know a game I really liked for for three days, which I did. True. I mean, it's all how we compartmentalize our enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I guess yeah, for me, I, I, Splatoon three is obviously high on my list, but I, I look at that as kind of a game that I'll come back to. For a while, for maybe maybe two years, and maybe there'll be a DLC updates and, and big updates that get me to come back. But it'll eventually dwindle out, and the servers will go down, and they'll have to release Splatoon Four <laughs> eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't Shadow's Revenge, I can literally dust off my Switch when I'm in my seventies and go for a, a romp through that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it'll feel just as good, right? It'll 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 still take me back to my thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, for my list, uh, there was a, I, I would say between Elden Ring and, and Splatoon 2, there's a pretty significant jump, drop, I'd say. And between Kirby and, uh, the rest of my list, there's a pretty big drop. My, my number two being Splatoon 3, three being Bayonetta 3, and four being Kirby, Forgotten Land. Those are all, like, it, it was, I honestly, all year, those, those three were changing positions. Like, I wasn't, I love all three of them about the same, um, and, Ultimately, I kind of just chose based on my playtime hours because I played Splatoon three so much. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny because I felt the exact same way. Um, you know, I had Elden Ring way above, but my my number two, three, and four. So God of War, Horizon, and Bayonetta three. I was interchanging, and I kind of came down to, you know, I just felt like if I was really reflecting on which game was a game of the year. Even though Bayonetta three for moment to moment, I probably was like way more into than God of War. Like I, I can't deny that God of War just has a, a total complete package where every part of the the game is high quality. Where Bayonetta is like, even though the gameplay part of it was really really fun and I, maybe better than God of War, I, there are some parts of that package that aren't fully there. Yeah, so I kind of like based le- on that. There's but... leaks on the ship with Bayonetta. It, it, exactly, but so, so all three of those games they have some some slight cons, but you know the pros are all up there. That I can kind of swap between all three of those on any day. But yeah, you know, I agree. Eld- Elden Ring just stands above. I, I was pretty surprised to see even Bayonetta get three get as high on your list as it did because I'm used to you kind of naysaying the things I like, and and I told you to play it. So we haven't we haven't actually talked on the podcast about Bayonetta three. Um, so why, it, yeah. why don't we just t- touch on that a little bit? Like, what what were you was your overall impressions? Have you beaten it? And um, like, how do you feel about that overall in the series? Yeah, it's kind of funny because you know Bayonetta one, I I played uh, on the Wii U and then immediately played Bayonetta two right after. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this on a podcast yeah. before. Where I didn't love Bayonetta two and I was kind of just grinding out the main story as fast as possible because I I was already burnt out because I was playing Bayonetta one and two back to back. So. I went into Bayonetta three kind of feeling like, oh, I'm not gonna like Bayonetta, Bayonetta three. It doesn't. It's not gonna feel as good as Bayonetta, or sorry, it's not gonna feel good because I didn't like how Bayonetta two felt. Mm-hmm. But I got into it, and the moment you get those those demon slaves, yeah, it just it just is such a different way to play the game, like any kind of fighting game like this, like a like a ARPG, yeah, and it it just 
feel so batshit crazy. It, AR, wait, and it's not an ARPG. Would you say it isn't? It's I thought a, AR, I thought ARPGs were like um like Devil May Cry and God of War, the old God of War. I Dana. think an ARPG is almost like a um kind of like a uh dra- like Bioware games Anthem. I think of these as I call them character action games like Ninja Gaiden, uh, Devil May Cry, and this. Right. Oh, maybe I I, I don't really know the. I thought yeah, it was an I think, ARPG. I, I think ARPG refers to something where it's literally more leveling and literally more RPG mechanics, where there's very very low leveling up and stuff in Bayonetta. Um, okay. Okay. Did you uh, find I, I that the that the beginning of it wasn't it, like when you first started playing it, where you're like, oh, this isn't great, and then it got better and better. Did you find that? I I, I felt like um, I wasn't I I didn't feel like I was able to pull off combos very well or I didn't like the weapons. But once you kind of get a few weapons and you get kind of, um, you purchase a bunch of their skills, mm-hmm. you start getting really high combos and you start, you, like, it's kind of funny because like the, I don't even know what skills I unlocked. I just, I'm, I just bought a bunch of them and just kind of, you know, Same. mash half the time. Yeah. But you actually, the moment you unlock them and you start fighting again, you actually realize that all of your moves are just like comboing more fluidly together and you're actually seeing different things pop out. Yeah. So, um, and then once you kind of get the, the flow of summoning your guy at the right time or um, using him in which time and all this kind of stuff, it just kind of flows better. You do get really better at the game. I um, I started to enjoy it a lot more. I, I didn't dislike it at the start, but uh, yeah, I ended up loving it probably probably by the time you get to like the first Viola session mm-hmm. is when I was like really loving the Bayonetta, the Bayonetta feel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's I mean, it's if you put our list together, it'd be our Switch game of the year. Um, <laughs> or switch, sorry, switch, switch. I, I was thinking, I was like, what about Elden Ring? But yeah, switch game of the yeah, year. Yeah, switch definitely. game of the year. Yeah, I, I was yeah. surprised to see um, Call of Duty so high on your list. Me too. And like again, I even in my write up there, I said, you know, I don't, I don't really like Call of Duty. I don't really like um, first person shooters. I don't really like online multiplayer games. But this game just, it's, it feels so good. Like it just feels polished and clean and the accuracy feel good and, and you just have that nice sense of getting a kill or a double kill or mm-hmm. you know pulling off a sweet move or are you, even are you mostly just playing the the multiplayer or are you doing zombie mode or single player so i didn't do any single player there is no zombie mode i tried the the co-op mode a little bit it was kind of whatever mm-hmm. um i've done a little bit of the battle royale so as opposed to like the, the old school maps like we're like you know king of the hill and stuff yeah um, or, or deathmatch like they actually have almost like Fortnite, where it's like a, a battle royale and they added this new mode called dmz which is kind of cool um but honestly the, the reason i really liked it the most is i had a few buddies that played and when i i played they played and vice versa so it became this kind of thing where you just play with with friends and that's what really gets me to multiplayer games and you know that's what i kind of warned you about splatoon is if you're not playing it or we're not even communicating on it it just isn't fun. Like, it isn't as fun. Like, I would have a lot more fun if we played Splatoon for a couple hours and we were on voice chat while doing it. So, like, it really, to me, like, that's the, it's one of the more noticeable downsides of ever playing an, an online game with, with, uh, on the Switch. Because <laughs> you just, you don't feel like you're in the same room playing. Where, like, I could play Call of Duty with Brandon or my brother-in-law and we would just be chatting about anything or chatting about the game or, like, you know, discussing what, what angle or lane to start sniping down. And you're just way more into it. So it really just clicked for me and it feels good and it was fun to play with people. So yeah, it ended up being really surprisingly higher than... I, I didn't expect it to make my list at all. I was buying it for friends and I ended up loving it. Wow. Um, yeah. Probably not going to get it because I'm terrible at Call of Duty, but um, surprise high on the list. And, you know, I think you told me to play Vampire Survivors. That That's like super high on my list because I, I just... I don't know if I'll ever beat it, but something about just like the concept of it I just how smile have, just thinking about it. <laughs> but how long have you, how far have you gotten? Like, like, what do you mean by beat it? Like, what have you done in it? So I've unlocked about, uh, I don't know, seven, I've done, you're going to laugh. I've unlocked about seven characters or eight. Um, okay. And I've gotten about four of the levels. So you, have you made it to 30 minutes before another no, level? No. Okay. So you haven't beaten any level? No. I got really, really far once. Um, have you have you um, unlocked any evolution? Like, do you know what evolutions are? Uh, is that where um, you, you on the home screen you you buy up permanent upgrades? 
Uh, no, those are good too. It's where you have, if you have a gun, or if you have a, a certain weapon and a certain passive, they combine to make a, br- a brand new weapon that's super overpowered. What's a passive? What does that mean? So, so you know how you, um, when you level up, you get a choice of one of the items? Yeah. So one of them, so, you know, have you seen the top left of your screen how you have you have slots that get filled? Yeah. The top six slots are weapons, and the bottom six slots are passive. So you'll get a thing that's like, um, it'll be like the knives, and it throws knives in front of you, or the whip. Those are weapons. Yeah. But if you get the thing like the candelabra, which like increases your... Um, the duration of the attack, yeah, or the side, the area, those are those are passives. I, I usually so, try to get one of everything. I know, but you can only get six weapons and six passives. So eventually, you can't get any. You can only upgrade. You can't get anything new. So wait, what, once I get six, does that mean what happens if I get another one comes up? It so just if, won't come up. So if you get, so if, no, so yeah, if you get six weapons, you'll no weapons will ever come up again. It'll only those six level ups will come up. Hmm. So, but, but there's evolution. So if you get a certain weapon and a certain passive combo and you upgrade them to the max, you'll, when you open the next treasure chest, it'll, it'll unlock the evolution. So for example, like the knives, their evolution is your knives have no cool. So if you get the knives and the cooldown upgrade or something and you max them out, the evolution is your knives become super knives and they have no cooldown. So you fire like a thousand of them in front of you at a, a second. Only, only in that run though. Only in that run, but but okay. again, so once you, there's actually like you probably already unlocked it, but anyways, um, I, I have the thing you're talking about, the side menu that yeah. tells me what the evolutions are. I've seen, yeah, I have so that. you should you should be going for those just to experience them because that's how, like they're so broken. Well, the, the point the point is is I love the game and I can tell there's a lot yeah. more depth there. <laughs> yes, it's it, it's just like it's really, I feel like really we could talk about this for another t- twenty minutes probably. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the thing that really gets me with uh, Vampire Survivor is a, I love the music. B, I love the graphical retro style, and I love that you only move the cursor, or sorry, not the cur- the analog stick. I love how it's sync, like only moving. Like it's so smart. You know, yeah, how it's it like, works. It's it's one of those games you can like talk to someone or like eat some food while playing and. Yeah, totally, fun. absolutely. Um, and then the other thing you recommended that's on my it's on it's it's a little lower on my list than oh no it's, it's lower on your list. Um, my, my Tinykins, yeah, um, which I still haven't beaten, but I'm pretty pretty close. Oh um, nice, I, I didn't know where you were. Yeah, and then um, uh, what, room you, what room are you in? I'm in the bedroom or be, just beat the bedroom, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, we also both added immortality to the list, although I kind of hesitated not to have it. Um, yeah, I I don't really see, like, I really liked it. And when I first kind of figured out the gimmick and I first saw this, like the rewind, you know, footage of the the devil demon, demon characters, uh, it spooked me a lot. Um, but after that I was kind of bored of it. Um, so it's like for that one gimmick, it was kind of like something I'd never experienced before. You know what I mean? And as someone who is a video yeah. editor, like going parsing through footage, I was kind of really used to that. So to rewind slowly and have something come up like that almost probably scared me more than the average person because I'm not used to that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't really consider it a game. I almost consider it kind of like a DVD menu interactive experience. So I don't... That's, I, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said in my write-up. You know, it's it's was one of my favorite games that I wouldn't even classify as a game. It just, it was so interesting and kind of enthralling, but I would never play it again. Like, it's not a fun game. Like, I, I kind of wrote, you know, I, I felt a little bit like uh, like a forensic detective where you're just scrubbing through footage trying to solve a crime. Mm-hmm. And, and I really liked that feeling. I was like, oh, this like feels really authentic. Like, I'm actually doing this job and like yeah. doing this stuff. So it was really cool in that regard. But yeah, I agree. It's like, it isn't really fun. Like, I don't know if I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I, and it's not yeah. really replayable, but I, I think in terms of like the, the, the one of the games is like uh, the game this year that I found kind of broke through the mold. It's that game as far as like mm-hmm. really, really treading new ground. Yeah. Pushing the envelope a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Did any uh, observations about my list that you made? Um, let me go back to your list. Real quick. <laughs> You're like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so. Yeah, I guess one Sonic Frontiers is kind of interesting to be so high. Like I know it's super fun, but you know it's not that well regarded of a of a game. There's a lot of issues with it. And the other one that, that honestly for me is is just because I haven't played and I really want to is uh, is Kirby. 
And the yeah. last one I, I'm gonna, I want you to comment on is Somerville. I don't think it deserves to be anyone's top 10, but that's just <laughs> anyone. So it's, no one's allowed to like it. <laughs> yeah, no one's allowed to like that. Anyways, those are the three games I guess that I, I'd want to hear your commentary on. Okay, well, um, the first one, Sonic Frontiers, you, you get got it for me because I won our Metacritic uh, annual uh, Fantasy League, just so our listeners know who won. Um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't know why I got this. I think we're in that whole, like, uh, the midterm elections and everyone on that one on recent era was talking about buying Sonic because of a blue wave. And I got like, and people said it was really, people said it was really fun and the music was good and stuff. Yeah. And there was like positive impression. So I, I just, and, and I just said, nah, screw it. Um, and I ended up like, it's weird. I, I don't beat every game as you know and i almost have given up on the notion that i need to beat a game to feel like i am a whole person um but this one i beat to i played to the very end and beat it and like ended up 100 percenting most of the levels um <laughs> it's not that hard to 100 percent for one but it, i think you described it when you said your friends got it that it's so easy to t- to turn your brain off and relax and you just keep getting faster and faster and there's just kind of this there's a sublimeness in there, um, so it really surprised me by how much fun it was. And you know, when I look at my list, to be honest, like everything from the Kirby down from five until eleven are, I mean, you can see it. They're they're mostly like indie games and short games and and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen in 2023. I think there's going to be a lot more like AAA games <laughs> filling that list, right? Like. Uh, yeah. so I kind of, this year, as much as I liked it for the overall, like, I can't help but feel like a lot of the games I liked on a 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 level, and that's where I put Sonic, probably 7 out of 10. Mm. Um, just, yeah, a lot of, surprisingly fun, and, like, playing through the jank, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kirby, I, to be honest, I even contemplated having this at number one, uh, <laughs> a few times, <laughs> um, but... I beat, I beat Kirby, so I'm not really going to come back to it. Um, but it just feels like where there's... I have more problems with every other game on this list, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like Kirby, I almost have no real complaints about. Um, yeah. I feel like it's it doesn't such... hit the, It doesn't hit the, the, the highs of the other games, but it also doesn't have any of the lows. Absolutely. And it's it's not... It's, it's ambitious in its own way for being the first 3D Kirby. And I, I read some of the behind the scenes where, like, to actually program a 3D Kirby is not as easy as you'd think just based on the where you're aiming and how you're hitting and like they they actually talked about how it's a little harder than you might think with the fixed perspective and camera and all that um and floating and where he where he is and everything but um they pulled it off like so seamlessly so i give them a lot of credit for that and it's one of those games where you'll just you'll smile the whole time and the game will like never hard lock on you or you'll never see a really gross graphical screen and you'll never get a disconnection issue and, like, there just won't be those kind of issues ever. Um, and it just mm. feels like from beginning to end, this kind of beautiful, complete package. Like, I, I, I just, there's some part of it I just love this game so much. Um, and I, I really highly recommend it. Uh, nice. I just love it. Um, yeah, I, I think ultimately I went with Bayonetta 3 and Splatoon 3 is, is a bit above it because of just the many more hours I put into them. Yeah, there's um, more substance more substance and more depth, right? Like Splatoon 3 has like an infinite level of depth and I, I kind of re- represent Splatoon 3 as like the pinnacle of the series for, that I've loved and probably haven't given the others as much credit on my lists. So it's kind of getting an unfair bias that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's not quite as ambitious or breaking new grounds that uh, Bayonetta is. And I, I think Bayonetta will, will, with Bayonetta 4 and whatever Platinum does next, we'll see that it as just a stepping stone and the heights they're taking this genre, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I thought Bayonetta 3, like it, like we both said, there's leaks on the ship, but what a crazy, awesome, ambitious ship that's doing new things. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah ser- seriously. Um, whereas Kirby's just like a beautiful little yacht, right? It's not going to be able to sit, do as much, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a luxury experience. It, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. Um, with regards to Somerville, uh, I beat it in two sittings. I agree it's their worst game, and I kind of, it's almost like a pity, pity list game. Um, because, here's it the thing. your top t- 10 at a pity. I, I, I really liked um, Inside and Limbo. I really like Inside a lot. And there's little moments of Somerville that remind me of a, of a more advanced inside that makes any sense like there's a the times that there's a few times just a few 
so I really enjoyed those moments, and I thought there was a lot of promise there. And it just it feels un, underfinished and un, and half baked. And they, do you know what I mean? It, it feels like a, a a step. And I'm still really into what this developer's doing and the visual style they're going for and everything. I just feel like this was a really clunky trip on one of their steps. Mm-hmm. But I still really there was moments in the game with the atmosphere and the mood and and the scope. Like they, somehow with this graphical style, it's like there's no jaggies. Uh, it somehow feels perfect, um, and mm-hmm. there was moments where you saw, like, off in the distance with the UFOs, and the and there's scenes where the camera never cuts when you're floating down the waterfall, or even more intimate moments where you find the humans again in that base, and you see the little groups of humans praying and sitting there and, and crying, and, like, man, that stuff was so good um, that if they could... I just feel like there's a there's an amazing game... That could that could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. gonna um? Are you gonna get and play Cocoon? I have such little interest in that game. I because that's from the other person who left that uh, Play Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just surprised that you. It's you just it, one, it, not the other. Cocoon doesn't carry on that style of the kind of macabre, faceless, dialogueless storytelling through game design. Cocoon looks like a puzzle game, like, and I'm not big on puzzle games. Okay, so yeah, I was just curious. That's not, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't play as many games as you, so it's I find it actually hard to make a top ten. Um, and there's always games every year I play that are from a from a whole different year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, so yeah, I, me too. It's it's actually not easy to play ten or way more games from a particular year. Like, and I felt like things like putting, um, you know, Mario Golf. I played a lot of this year. I played a lot of Portal. Uh, and, and like I played the new Mario Kart DLC and th- those kind of games like they just don't really have a place on the list so mm-hmm. be that I find it also may. like I played Neo 1 this year and I, I love that game too exactly I also find the thing I try to avoid the most is recency bias because mm-hmm. I find a lot it, it, the truth is a lot of people do this where the God of War Ragnarok of, in a nutshell exactly you think you think of the games that you played more recently as you you think of them more fondly so that, that's why it's again equally impressive that Elden Ring kind of stood throughout the whole year as just being this leagues above even second place on either of our lists. You know, where I look at most of my other lists, it's like you know almost every other one of those games I played in the past three months. Yeah, it's true, um, and it's it's funny to think like when we look back on our lists in ten years, will like will I care about Splatoon three when Splatoon four is out and better? Um, yeah, exactly. You like, know. I, yeah. yeah, I make I make micro adjustments to my my older game of the year list because I I look back and I'm like, man, how come I thought that game was high up on the list and, and when it really shouldn't be? It's like you know, like for example, uh, like even Overwatch. Like I love Overwatch, but when I look back and I look at some of the other games that came out the year that year, I'm like, how could I put Overwatch above, you know, uh, even Dark Souls three that I loved or The Witness that I loved, like. I, I don't know. It's just like I always like to go back and reflect and think of you know well, what game really stood the test of time. But it all, it's 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 weird, right? Because you can look at it. I mean, there is some value to saying that while you were in the year of 2019, I think it was with Overwatch, you loved Overwatch and 2016. May, 2016. Wow. Um, and then you think many years later. It, so it's, there's almost two ways to look at something, right? Like, are we looking at it through the lens of a how the long lasting value or this immediate value so i I don't a recency bias yes is a thing um but i I don't know i think it can work both ways right like right now i I, and i that's why i don't go back and like alter my old lists because i I try not to too i I don't i I can't change one thing but um well it's kind of like are your game of the year lists the best games that year or your your favorite games that year oh they're they're my personal favorite games okay okay so here's my next question is do you does it have to be a game that came out that year, or does it have to be a game that you played that year? A game that came out that year. Because okay, so I'm just saying, like in three years from now, let's say you, let's say in three years from now, you picked up God of War. Exactly. Said, that's, that's what I mean. Or Returnal, or 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 I got into a whole new series. Exactly. That that's ex- why the whole exactly. thing is moot. Yeah. So in sa- same with movie reviews, like no one can play every game, no one can play every movie, and like, like so for me, I really look at it as. Not the top games of 2022. It's my favorite games that I played in 2022 from 2022. Yeah, that's that's how that's how I yeah exactly. Um, but I, I I think keeping the the ones that I set 
in my list forever and they'll be on our podcast page forever seemingly um i like to kind of encapsulate to know i'd rather rather than go back and change overwatch i'd rather look back and be like what was i thinking that year you know what i mean and i will Mm -hmm. also say that even though the order of games here like i don't know if um these top games on my 2022 list how they'll end up shaking out on my all-time list that is always changing like, I, do, I might 10 have... years realize I have these fond memories for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and I just don't think about Splatoon 3 at all. Do you, you know? have um, your top 10 of every year somewhere, like, like in a row? Like, like for me, I, I have a spreadsheet where I have all of my top 10s since 2016, and I'm just looking at my number ones of each year, and I, I really like looking at my number ones that I've had of every year. Um, I am really unorganized with about that. Uh, so I have my top 10 games 2022. 2021 and 2020 that's all as far back as i go but i don't i didn't really start thinking about this stuff <laughs> until then until then, no yeah I, I just i went back to my old like neo and reset era like i went th- through and found all of my old posts on them and i re re just typed them out on a spreadsheet so i didn't lose them interesting it's just, it's just interesting yeah. it's just interesting to see your number one games how they kind of have changed or how they're similar and how how fondly I look back on my number ten or my number ones versus my number tens. Yeah, and, you know I think too when I when I think about games I, I prefer my all time list because ultimately it doesn't really matter when it came out. You know, like I I don't really think back to uh, you know nineteen ninety eight and be like oh but like Ocarina of Time came out that year and and the next year was something else. I just kind of I just kind of think oh generally that it, where does it sit on my list? I, I don't know if I. I guess I'm as of now collecting these lists, but um, it's hmm. I don't know. It's it's it's. I think top ten lists are a little silly and just a way to kind of discuss good games we played. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't really go that that distance, but it is cool. Yeah, it it is cool to think like one day in a long, long time, decades from now, you could have this massive like collection of your own data. You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um. But anyways, good year. Let's talk about the year for Switch and for Nintendo. Um, okay. Now, I sent you a list of all the notable exclusives that came out every year for Switch. Yeah, so I, I read through those, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of put the years in a, in a kind of a ranked order based on a little bit of what I thought were the strongest games, but also a little bit of my own bias. But yeah. Okay, I, I gave each year a score out of 10. Okay, I ranked mine. So okay, I, I now now let, can, let me just tell you because if I see if our ranks are the same, so I'll tell you my ranking from best to worst. Okay, so okay. best is twenty seventeen. Yep. And then uh, twenty nineteen, and then twenty twenty two, and then twenty twenty one, and then yep. twenty eighteen, yeah, and then twenty twenty. So this is interesting. Our lists are identical. Except 2018 and 2019 are swapped. Everything else is in the exact same spot. Your 2018 is your second favorite year. Yeah. Interesting. I find that really interesting. So, so the thing I guess looking through these lists, 2018 for me felt a little light because outside of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I mean, there's not a huge amount. Hollow Knight is on that list, but I'm just thinking in terms of Switch. Right and Hollow Knight, yes, is there and it's an amazing game and it was timed exclusive and that's why I put it on the list, but I don't give it the same weight I would if it's an actual exclusive because now Hollow Knight's on everything and on Game Pass, so I don't know if I don't know. Like I think at the t- I put it on the list as like oh yeah they had this cool third party exclusive for a while. I don't put it on the list to be like enshrined Hollow as Knight a Hollow Knight. On, so you know Hollow Knight came out on PC first. I I mean console exclusive. Yeah yeah. Um, for, for me, like when I read through the list, like I just smash bros, it it carries that year. So, so much. And even, even beside that, I loved Octopath Traveler. And I think, you know, having DK Tropical Freeze and Bayonetta one and two, and even Hyrule Warriors, those games are just, I know they're kind of ports, but they're just really good games that now are on the switch. But yeah, to me, smash ultimate is just such a such like one of the my favorite games of all time one of the best games of all time long lasting appeal it's like that game is so big in my mind i i love that game too i love that game too i just think that um there was they felt they felt really really weak across the board on everything else for exclusives and i gotta keep in mind like smash bros came out in december 
And there just wasn't a whole lot for the rest of that entire year that was that captivating or new. Okay, so let me let me make my counter my counterpoint against 2019 now. Okay, is I would say the same thing about 2019, where I say you know it has a lot of games, you know all these games that are Nintendo exclusives. To me, they're all kind of mediocre games. A like Crafted World, Yoshi's Crafted World didn't do that much for me. Mario Maker 2 is a sequel that was very similar to the first one. Three Houses, one of my least favorite Fire Emblems with all the social stuff. Astral Chain, I never got around to. It's probably my least favorite Platinum game. Well, you even got around to. Link, it, so Link's. I got halfway through. Link's, okay. Awake, Link's Awakening is again a, a, a remake. Beautiful, but had some you know had some frame rate issues. Wasn't perfect. Um, Luigi's Mansion Three, loved it. To me, like that's that's their pinnacle of the year. Yep. Ring Fit Adventure, I, I liked, but you know didn't stick around forever. And I'm not in. I wasn't into Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I, I'm kind of comparing that year to 2018 in the sense of there's Smash Ultimate versus Luigi's Mansion Three. And the other year has some ports. Both years have some decent ports. And then there's Octopath and Hollow Knight versus, what, Ring Fit and Astral Chain and maybe Fire Emblem. Like, those aren't, they didn't stick out to me the way 2018 did. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, that's a totally fair assessment. It's it's like comparing a, a year that has one juggernaut giant to a year that has a lot of good, good games. And I, I think for me, I just, I really yeah. liked Astral Chain. I, I really liked Mario Maker, Luigi's Mansion. And it just seemed like there was a point of time during 2019 where... I think it was from June or May with Mario Maker, every single month had a notable exclusive. And every month those exclusives were getting 85 plus on Rotten to, or sorry, on Metacritic. So it's like whether or not your personal feelings about Fire Emblem Three Houses being the worst one, I, I understand that. I just mean like in terms of the overall scope, they, they had so many brand new exclusives getting these high reviews. Totally. Um, and I, I'm not disagreeing. Like they're, they're all they're all reviewing well and doing well. But there is no game that year. Maybe Luigi's Mansion Three, where where people are you know frothing at the mouth for this big Nintendo exclusive, like they didn't have one that year. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I'd also argue that 2022 didn't have that either. Um, so I don't know. I think it, I think that's yeah. a perspective thing. I, mean, I, I think for some I, people, I, I, it I think I had what a bit of bias. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think. Tw- yeah. I mean, for some, for me, Luigi's Mansion, uh, at least number three, uh, I think that kind of peaked the series. But to me, that was a big, that was like on my top five most wanted Switch kind of sequels. Um, so that was a big deal for me. And for other people, they really love Fire Emblem or they really love Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, um, 20, I mean, I feel I'm like... we both agree that 2020 was the worst, though. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, COVID notwithstanding, I think that you and I both are not huge on Animal Crossing, and I think the only reason to think that 2020 was a good year is you have to be huge about Animal Crossing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, 2020 was definitely a COVID hit year, and even even 2021 felt a little weaker, like uh, one of the weaker years. I mean, I know you didn't like Metroid Dread. That was the big hitter for me, but... Um, yeah, but I put lot, twenty one huh? ahead of I put twenty one ahead of ni- twenty nineteen just because I got Metro Red Dread Mario Party Superstars, which I have a lot of fun with my friends, and I freaking loved. I played the hell out of New Pokemon Snap. True. Did you ever get Bowser's Fury? Yeah, I bought the game and I beat Bowser's Fury. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean that was a great. That was great. Um, yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah, it's all how you look at it, right? Because um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. You, you said 2021. Uh, I mean, you put Metroid Dread on the list. But you put 2022 ahead of 2021, yeah? I put 2022 ahead, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to note, too, that um, usually in this point of Nintendo's life cycle of a console, I mean, only for like the last six consoles they've released, um, usually this is a dead year. Uh, this kind of fifth year, we'd be we t- typically we'd be aiming for our our next gen console next year. You mean the seventh year? Yeah, yeah. So or, or sooner, because uh, the GameCube came sooner, the Wii came sooner, and the Wii U came sooner, uh, and the mm-hmm. Switch came sooner. So really, the only precedent we're looking at is like Super Nintendo. Uh, I don't even then like Switch, Switch is becoming very close to being the longest they've had without a successor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but the point is, is that typically they've kind of, I, I love Nintendo, don't get me wrong, but they do seem to focus their software lineup around the launch of a console. And then they don't seem to be able to carry their consoles late in their life cycles. They've never really been able to, I mean, even, even luckily systems like the DS had enough third party support. Um, but 
I don't know how you feel. And generally, I feel like Nintendo's generally not been able to keep their console uh, without droughts, especially in the later part of their life cycle. And this is, I feel like they've finally beaten it with Switch. I totally agree. And and I also find it interesting that, um, for better or worse, that Nintendo often doesn't have like that, that year or two of overlap kind of it's on you know how it's on ps4 and ps5 mm-hmm. they didn't they kind of abandon their system after their their older system after a few months and they might port a lot of those games over but they don't actually have new releases coming out for both systems very often yeah i mean it's it's interesting it seems to be the way some of their fan base works um i mean because even if you look at like the breath of the wild sales on the wii u or twilight princess sales on gamecube like, no one, so few people want to play those games on the old hardware. Uh, mm-hmm. To the point where I think a lot of gamers who have to wait on, on upgrading their Nintendo system will wait on the, the big Zelda game that is cross-gen. Yeah. Um, so I, I think where that doesn't maybe happen as much on, on the PlayStation end, I'm sure God of War and Horizon did very well on PS4. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think PlayStation has, their PS4s are very popular in like lower income and also like country like less affluent countries um Mm -hmm. they're in a lot of homes uh and they they still are like their people's main system you know like i'm hearing i hear stories of people parents saving up to get their their kids a ps4 this last holiday yeah i knew i knew people seriously that still played their ps2 when the ps4 was out yeah ps2 lasted a very long time and there's people yeah. who keep their Wii plugged in for just dance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah. I, but I also think with the Switch, whenever they upgrade it, I, I do think that they. I don't think they're going to abandon. Like it's hard. To, I, I think we're going to have almost like this the same pattern that we're seeing with PS5 and Xbox Series X, where we're going to have the first year or two of Switch 2.0 having cross-gen games on mm-hmm. both. On Switch yeah. and Switch Pro, I, and then and same, I agree. Same, you know, um, just seems to be the way the industry is moving. You know, yeah, agreed. Um, but I just, I guess, in terms of the, them just Nintendo getting exclusive games at the door, overall, if I look at all these years of Switch, they've all they've been really strong. You know, if I if I could show myself this list back in like 2017. I would have blown my freaking mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with this year, 2023, having Pikmin 4 and <laughs> all that other stuff. So, yeah, if, if Pikmin 4 hits, but yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, so it's been it's been a great console for that. And they, nev- they never really had a weak year. And then when I look at the... Uh, I, I did want to talk quickly about the kind of Sony and Xbox camp about their year... And obviously, you know, you can always say, oh, Elden Ring came out. It was great. But in terms of exclusives, like, that's what we really look at. Like, the thing, the reasons these console makers give us to buy their console. Did, I, I, what, what would you give PS5 and what would you give Xbox? Um, I, I don't have all the exclusives, like, a list off the top of my head. But, um, well, Microsoft, I'd give, like, a negative. Four. I can give you the Xbox list. Okay. Done. <laughs> 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 so it, so for me I, I think sony again god of war horizon stray and you said another one i think oh um gran turismo gran turismo i, I don't know ghost, if there of, other ghost ones. of um shishima as a timed exclusive okay yeah um and returnal yeah, dlc so, and um yeah a couple others so they had they had some stuff i mean it, what they had Two really strong games in my mind. I, I'm not a big Gran Turismo fan. I know two like poles for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, I don't think I would say it's as strong as Nintendo as far as exclusives go. Um, they had a lot of third parties that kind of carried them through with like Elden Ring. But yeah, I'd give it a I don't know a high six or a low seven. Yeah, I'd probably give Sony around a seven too. I'm still disappointed we haven't seen a lot of like PS5 only games or anything really. I think, I think this year we're gonna hit quite a few. Yeah, I guess so. I just you, you would have thought that back in you know maybe 2018 when they were prepping the PS5, they would have been like, okay, like let's get a game started now. That's PS5 only. That's like mega amazing. And mm-hmm. then now by the time 2022, 2023 rolling around, we're we're gonna hear about this new exclusive amazing game. Maybe we will. Um, but maybe it'll be next year. I think there are quite a few exclusives coming this year. Oh yeah, for sure. And and, and I also as 
in terms of Xbox, I, I'd probably give them a four uh, out of ten, um, just because Game Pass has been really the old, the main compelling reason, and they have added some some games on Game Pass from previous years. Like, I almost don't. But those aren't, ex- aren't exclusives. I we were talking about exclusives this well, year. Well, Game Game Pass as a service is an exclusive to Xbox console. Okay, well, we well, can't forget about PS. PS Plus Premium Classic. But that's not their... strong. I, I think Game Game Pass is so strong that it's yeah, like enough I of agree. a thing to be like, well, X, and honestly, I see this online. Well, okay, Xbox had zero exclusives, but like, uh, I, mean, I don't know, things were free, you know, like um, yeah. Game Pass was great. So yeah, I agree. Like, I, like a lot of the game, a, a lot of games I actually played were on Game Pass. Like that was a, a good chunk of my gaming this year. Despite having all three systems, despite those exclusives coming out for Sony and Nintendo, I played, you know, almost one third each on because of Game Pass. Yeah, no kidding. Like I, I don't I don't I didn't I wasn't gonna pay money for Immortality and Tinykins and, and yeah Vampire Survivors. Like maybe now that I've played them I, I probably would put money into them. But it's the only way I would have tried them. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. Yeah, solid year. Any other notes about uh, 2022? Um, nope, just looking forward to 2023, to be honest. Like, I enjoyed 2022. It was a nice nice year. Nothing wrong with it. But I think we're kind of... I, I hope 2023 is going to knock, knock 2022, like, far, far away. If that makes sense. I think it will. <laughs> I, I, I think um, when we look back on 2022, people will remember Elden Ring. And they won't talk about much else. No, exactly. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I mean, I think things like there'll be better Pokemon games that have come out. There'll be a better Splatoon game eventually. There'll be another three Kirby. Like all, all the things that we God of War, yeah, a better God of War. Um, you know, Gran Turismo Eight, another Horizon. The DLC will probably overshadow it. Like, I, I think the only thing we'll really, really look back on this year and be like, what was the bigger groundbreaking thing that kind of can't be changed <laughs> unchangeable monument from this year and i think elden ring was pretty much it it was groundbreaking yeah agreed cool well derek i think that uh, about wraps up our chat yeah are we gonna do uh what we've been playing uh, i haven't been playing much but if you want to talk a little bit about that sure no i, I was just kidding my, mine are on my game of the year list I, i'm still playing 13 13 yeah i figured uh well we'll, we'll talk we'll, we'll get back to it in a couple weeks and we'll talk about what we've been playing but um sounds good to our listeners out there if you were listening why don't you let us know your thoughts in the comments um and all that good stuff it, it, yeah like and subscribe <laughs> like comment and subscribe and give us five stars and recommend all right derek well thanks for the chat thanks for coming in yeah how's it going Uh, This is Derek. (laughs) This is Peter, (laughs) signing out. This is Derek. See you later.